Blog Talk Radio. What's up, college football fans out there, and welcome to another edition of Quick Slants, the show where we talk nothing but college football. I am one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan, but I'm here at the roundtable with the star of the show. We got Fred Perdue in the building. Fred, what's going on, good brother? What's going on, sir? It's it's close. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> feel it in the air. <laughs> Phil Collins, shout out to him. All right, so uh, like Fred said, it is close. The college football season's are almost here. So everybody who's out there and you know are as excited as we are, we're here uh, to give you our series of previews for the Big Five conferences. And today's show, we're gonna preview the Pac-12 a little bit. Fred's gonna give you some in-depth uh, analysis of what's going on in the Pac-12 right now and what you might be able to expect once that season starts. So let's jump right into it. Um, some of the top storylines in the Pac-12. Um, you know, we, we're searching for a contender right now. Um, Clay Helton's job status, you know, we want you to talk a little bit about that. And um, just and also let us know about the Pac-12 South, because I believe, you know, in a conversation that we've had before, you talked about, you know, how bunched and bungled it is right now. Um, let's talk about these storylines real quick. Which one you want to take first? Man, uh, the, the one that's really been on my mind lately is USC. We can start there. And, I mean, this is kind of – they're kind of entangled in all of this, essentially, because uh, we can start with Clay Helton and his job status because his seat is very high, very Uh-oh. high. Let me repeat that for the people in the back. It's very, very high <laughs> because five and seven just won't do it at USC, and that's the worst record they've had since 2000. That's before Pete Carroll – just if, if we're counting a little bit here, uh, I mean, there's been a lot that has gone on at USC lately between Cliff Kingsbury spurning them for the NFL and saying, no, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll take my air raid offense with the number one overall pick who I said I'd take anyway a year before then, not really knowing I'd really get the job. I'll take it. I'll take my talents to Arizona. I'd rather not deal with what USC has going on because, you know, they have a they they've lost a lot. I mean, you you lose your quarterback. You lose Max Brown years ago. Now you have a sophomore uh, JT Daniels coming in. He he did okay last year. Not great, but not terrible. But he fits what they want to do. Um, and you instead of getting Cliff Kingsbury. You go get Graham Harrell, very similar player. They both played at Texas Tech. They both love this air raid offense, which for those of you, for those that don't watch the college game and you're going to get introduced to this NFL, to the NFL very soon, the air raid isn't just throw, throw, and keep throwing. It's that's a lot of these teams. It's not just a college offense anymore. It's, it's really one of those things where it's a, it's, it's kind of the norm now. Uh, it's very short, simple passes, shallow crosses, uh, option routes. A lot of what you see, if you watch a typical Texas Tech game, yeah, they're going to throw the ball probably 50 times a game. It's probably going to happen, at least on the college level. But what you're going to see is you're going to see running backs involved. You're going to see a lot of West Coast short passes, uh, deep shots taken occasionally. 
but it's an ex- a, a lot of it is an extension of the run game. You're going to see for the, the, the X and O's people, you're going to see a lot of smash. You're going to see a lot of shallow cross. And uh, think New England, think Texas Tech, think Washington State. If you if you watch any of those teams, that's what you're going to see. Your slot receivers are going to be involved a lot. And that's what Clay Hilton needs because he needs butts and seats, explosive offense, uh, or his job's in trouble. Speaking of his job, have you heard rumors that uh, the possibility that Urban Meyer might be waiting in the wings to take his spot? Uh, yeah, I've heard Urban Meyer, and I and I saw this coming a while back. Uh, the one thing I know about Urban Meyer is he's never really out of the coaching game, whether it was at Utah and then his time at Florida. He said he was going away. He resurfaced to go back to uh, Ohio State. Conveniently, it's always when his quarterback is about to leave. Alex Smith, Tim Tebow, Dwayne Haskins. And I have a sneaky suspicion there's two schools involved here, and they just happen to be rivals. USC, simply because he has he has the year-round football cycle. It's warm weather. It's California kids. You can The quarterback scene there is great. Uh, the seven-on-seven seven stuff is great. But then there's Notre Dame, and they're kind of the, the dark horse in all of this because we just don't know. I mean, Brian Kelly has been kind of solidified there right now, so we, he may pass on that. Uh, but if he does take this USC job, if, you, if Clay Hilton isn't gone this year, he'll probably be gone next year because what do we know always happens? Uh, there's a marginal increase, but there's not uh, – he is what he is at this point. USC is what they are right now. They're not going to magically become some powerhouse again. That comes with recruiting. So uh, it could be – we could really see an Urban Meyer sighting soon. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that, definitely. Definitely. Um, The Pac-12 South, uh, what's your thoughts on that? This this division, and we'll talk a little bit more about this one when it comes. We kind of get into our next segment too. But there's so many average to bad teams in this in this division. You have Utah at the top, and that's just by default. Who would have thought the team that came in from the Mountain West that everyone said is the is Boise State's second? Uh, is, that's their little brother. They're the team that's dominating right now. They're the ones that are competing year in and year out. But then you have some good teams. You have Arizona with uh, with Tate at quarterback, and then you have uh, Arizona. You have Arizona with Tate at, court, at quarterback. He's he's one of those dual threat guys who happen to be recruited by none other than USC, who won't switch to a more dual threat quarterback to fit these spread offenses. Uh, but he's now at Arizona, so now you have that dynamic with. Uh, and then you move on to Arizona State. And they have a situation where Manny Wilkins is gone. Nikhil Harry's on to the NFL with my Patriots. But Herm Edwards is trying to build something here. And they have uh, a, a nice a, a nice freshman quarterback that's going to come in uh, in Jalen Daniels. And he, from everything I've seen of him, I really liked his film. Let's just say 6,000 yards of total offense in one season. Not a career, one season. Rushing and passing. 50-plus touchdowns in the state of California, that's pretty, pretty good. 
one of the top dual threat quarterbacks coming out of uh, coming out of high school. Very excited to see if he actually gets a shot at this thing. Uh, you don't recruit guys like that for them to sit on the bench for a year or two. So we'll definitely see what that what happens with those guys. Colorado has a really decent set of receivers, but they've lost a lot. Uh, UCLA in year two with Chip Kelly. Don't really know what to expect from them. Um, they were terrible last year. Uh, and then you have USC at the very last but not least. Uh, for me, it, it's really tough to see who's going to be that number two because I really I really don't see where the number two is coming from. They're, they're all decent to – they're average to below average teams that really struggle in recruiting. Uh, the Pac-12 North has really separated itself. And Chip, we trust. All right, so um, let's let's go to our next se- segment. Let's talk a little bit about what you think the standing. We gotta look for a contender before we get out of there. We got we got a contender. We got a. If you're gonna well, go yeah. glass glass half empty. Maybe the glass half full approach, maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's look for a contender then. <laughs> All right, so on the other end of it, I mean, I, for me, when I look at when I look at this, I look at the, I still look at Utah as a contender. Uh, they may be maybe third or fourth across, down the board if you look at this conference as a whole. But when I look at Stanford, I still see a quarterback in KJ Costello who can play. Uh, they play that rough, rough and rugged old school style of football. Most teams don't handle it well. Uh, Washington State, they lost a ton. They lost the quarterback. They lost two offensive linemen. They lost receivers. They've lost a ton. They've also lost their defensive coordinator uh, to another to to Oklahoma. Uh, he he had the number 34 ranked defense in the country. Uh, and Grinch. So, you know, when I look at that, that's tough. Washington, they're having to replace their quarterbacks. And Oregon, who we, we're used to seeing them at the top of everything, you know, but Justin Herbert had a chance to come out. Usually when a guy returns, I'm not sure that's a great idea, especially when you had a decent quarterback class. But they were, it was top heavy. It was maybe one or two guys and then everybody else. So uh, I look at Oregon as a a team that can really scare some folks. I don't think that it's not Chip Kelly's Oregon anymore. Don't think that that's not, it's not the blazing fast, up-tempo, fast offense. I don't think that's what you're looking at, but you're looking at a team led by a veteran quarterback at this point. Uh, but I'm looking at Washington state and we'll talk about them in a minute uh, when I give out some of my superlatives, but they're a team that I'm looking at despite the changes that really have a chance to scare some folks. All right. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little. Let's let's now go into uh, what you see the standings uh, possibly looking like. Let's start with the Pac-12 North. Pac-12 North. Uh, Oregon is at the top for me, uh, and this was very tough because when I look at when I when I break these things down, I always say who has a quarterback. And who has an established quarterback? Because without that, in college football, that's an X factor. Justin Herbert is the elder statesman. He's going into his senior year. 
really expecting a lot of things from him. I want to see improvement from him mechanically because from what I've seen, I wasn't really impressed, and I don't think he was ready for the NFL. So I want to see more from him in that aspect. Uh, definitely want to see him get better with his footwork in the pocket. If I can see if that happens a little bit more, he could be really good. Uh, Washington has Georgia transfer Jacob Eason. We haven't seen him in a while, but he's the big 6'6". Uh, number one overall quarterback a couple years ago uh, that he he got his job taken by a freshman in Jake Fromm who hasn't looked back since and but he's now in Washington and he's going to be able to swing the football around they lost a ton on defense and that's going to hurt but that rivalry in that division is probably going to have a lot to say with it. And then there's Washington state. Uh, they, despite losing a ton, uh, that air raid offense with Mike Leach, it just seems to find ways every year to me to it, pull out at least eight wins. And I think maybe nine or 10 will win you this division. Stanford is a bit of a, they they don't get the respect they deserve, but I think it's mainly because they play that rough and rugged style of football. They play that they play your father's 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 style of football. That old school hits you in the mouth. They might even throw six offensive linemen out there. Their tight ends play receiver. Their receivers are big guys. You should know about one of them, JJ Arcega Whiteside, with your Eagles. Mm. He's going to be a big a big time player for you guys. So uh, the Stanford guys are going to be doing a little something out there so that it's just this is the tough division and uh nor in any other t- if stamp any one of those top four teams were in the pac-12 south i could see them winning the pac-12 south that's how good that division is for this conference <laughs> then you have cal they're solid justin wilcox is still building give them a little bit more time and then oregon state they they are right now they are the 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 bottom barrel they are the whipping dog of the division they're the guys we don't talk about i don't know what's going on out there but uh it's been rough days out there for those guys all right and you talked a little bit earlier about the bunched up pac-12 south um, give us a forecast of what you think the standings will look like, or at least the order. Definitely. Uh, when I look at when I look at the South, I look at Utah at the top. Uh, I just can't see USC doing it. I can't see UCLA doing it. Those guys don't have the the firepower to keep up on both either side of the ball. Colorado, I want to see more from them defensively, but they have to travel a ton. Uh, Arizona State lost their quarterback and. Uh, Arizona, uh, I just don't see it. Utah is somewhat of a is they're the they're the favorite by default. Okay, all right. So let's get into uh, some of the forecasts for um, some of the awards that will be given out uh, postseason. Um, and before we do that, since we did do the standings, who's your sleeper team? in this conference sleeper team uh i I, i've been i struggled with this one because for me it was it was between stanford and it was between washington state and i'm gonna have the more i think about it i talk myself out of washington state i have to go with stanford um just the old school rugged style of play it wears on teams over and over and over they won't win the division per se but they're going to give people hell throughout the season nobody wants to play against a team that runs the football 
say, 13, uh, 25, 30 times a game. They have really good offensive linemen, some first-round caliber offensive linemen, uh, and we know what that means. They're going to be banging away every game. All right, so let's move on uh, to these awards that I just spoke about. Offensive Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year. I talked about it. Er- talked about him earlier. Justin Herbert, Oregon quarterback. He he came back for his senior year, so you know what that means. He has no choice but to ball out. And in this offense, you have no you you really can do that. Uh, he has the he has the weapons around him. He's an experienced quarterback. Schedule will help. Uh, they start off with Auburn though, so he'll if he can make a statement in that game. He will have uh, he will definitely uh, have the the eyes of the country on him. Uh, I think his footwork will improve, and uh, he has the arm. I compare him to Nick Foles, and that's not a bad comparison. That's not a bad guy to be after. I think you would know a little bit about that guy. Can't stand that guy. Yeah. Um, my hero. <laughs> <laughs> it's my hero. <laughs> All right, so Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Evan Weaver, linebacker Cal. The one thing I, everyone I've ever, I've talked to over over the off season has talked about him and this defense. They're not the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, but they're always in position. They're well coached. He's a leader of the defense. He's going to be able to uh, rack up a ton of tackles, of course. And quite honestly, uh, not being the most talented defense or offense, and not being highly uh, they're going to be on the field a lot. Their offense is not all that great. So uh, I could see them, him racking up a ton of numbers, but still, you know, when we, we love numbers when it comes to especially linebackers. We want to see how many tackles, how many interceptions, how many fumbles, maybe a sack or two here and there. Uh, I think he'll be, he'll, he's a great choice for that pick. All right. Well, I've seen him on several lists as like the top ranked linebacker in the Pac-12. So, um, you know, you got him essentially as the best defensive player in the Pac-12 this year. So we'll see how that plays out. Coach of the year. Coach of the year, Kyle Winningham, if, uh, Utah. If you win the Pac-12 South and you even give presumably Oregon, because I've taken Oregon in the, as far as the North to win the North, so that's we, we kind of know who who's going to end up in that Pac-12 championship game. So uh, if you win the if you win the South and you take down the likes of USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, you take down those names because that's all they are at this point, uh, and you do it multiple times because Utah's giving these schools big-time problems, you deserve this. All right, um, top newcomer of the conference. Quarterback, Gage Newt-Gubrat. He is a uh, pocket passing uh, – he's one of the top pocket quarterbacks uh, coming into the country out of out – of, uh, he's out of Oregon, and he's about 6'2", 205. When you're a freshman quarterback and you can kind of make some plays – for a team that I said is one of my one of the teams that really could scare some folks. And thing is, with this in this offense, you can insert a freshman quarterback. You make the reads very simple for him. Uh, a lot of the the shallow cross stuff, he'll just have a high uh, completion percentage, and he'll grow. He'll grow with Mike Leach. Mike Leach demands his quarterback be great, so um, it's an easy pick. All right, let's go to some uh, team things, some team awards. Biggest 
riser. Which team is going to make that leap in the conference this year? Oh, man, Arizona. Uh, When you see how they finished last year, they were not that good. And uh, you can only go up from here. Arizona has every piece they need offensively. They just have to execute. All right. And on the flip side of that, um, who's going to be the biggest, uh, you know, the team is going to take the biggest fall? Uh, Stanford, and that's only because of the the strength of the division. I mean, you you're facing off against teams like Oregon, Washington, Washington State. Uh, though it's not necessarily, and I have them as the team that'll be a sleeper, but unfortunately, the strength of the division is going to hurt them. And while yes, you have the the grit and grind is what I I can you can kind of call that offense. Uh, it wears on you too because at some point those guys are going to want to open it up a little bit. But at some point, when you don't have the athletes that all of these other schools have that run all these spread offenses, uh, you have to play a certain way. And if it doesn't work, if your quarterback gets hurt, anything crazy happens, it's it's a, you're in trouble. They were they were really young last year, so that should help. But you're relying on a on a really good quarterback, a decent offensive line, and then everything else is kind of a, a, a complimentary piece. All right. And last but certainly not least, what do you think is going to be the most important game um, in the conference and why? This is one of my favorite rivalries, Oregon versus Wash at Washington, October 19th. Very interesting game. Washington always has this thing about them. They always find ways to upset or make Oregon really work when they're at home. And usually around that time, it's usually a little bit colder outside. So we'll see definitely, or or it's a little bit rainy. I remember games in the past where the weather is just not all that great up there in Washington. And we know how rain changes a, it changes the whole di- the, the dynamics of an offense. If you're a throwing team early, if you can't be physical and run the football or it gets a little cooler outside, eh, things might get a little hairy out there. And that game will determine the division because those two, those are the minus one and two in the Pac-12 North. So somebody's got to lose. Somebody's, we can't all have a trophy. Just saying. <laughs> We certainly cannot all have trophies, and there you have it, good people. Um, Fred Purdue doing it like no one else does it. College football guru, college football extraordinaire right here on War Room Sports. Um, Fred, before we get out of here, man, and uh, I do want the people out there to know, um, stay tuned to Quick Slants in this uh, pre college football season series that we're doing here because the next episode um, Fred will be talking about the Big 12 and you don't want to miss that. So, but before we go Fred, let everybody know where they can get in touch with you, where they can find you on social media, all of that. Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter, Fred Produce CFB. Uh, you guys can check us out uh, a little bit more. We have a little bit of a, ex- some experimenting to do, but we're going to be around a little bit more and more uh, over the next couple of weeks. We've got a fantasy football, college football, um, fe- college football, fantasy football league. We'll be 
we have that up. We'll definitely make sure we blast that guy, that to you guys on social media. Make sure you follow me for that. Also, College Pick'em is coming. If you want, you always say you want to be on the show and have your opinions heard. Win that thing, you can come talk. You can come host the show with me. Mm-hmm. Easy as that. Easy. All as that, that big mouth stuff y'all do online, you can do it on the air. So, <laughs> so go ahead. Don't don't. You know, you got to stay with it though. You know, it is for a lot of people get on. They get into the contest, they do well for a few weeks, and then they, you know, forget to do it. Or, yeah, or they have a bad off. week, and then they fall off and give up, man. We need I people. I got to reclaim my throne, man. That's what I got to yeah. do. I've been on yeah. the – I mean, it's it's been a couple years now. I mean, every year it's always like one or two games that get me, and I, I take flyers early on teams. I have no business doing it on. I'm coming for y'all heads this year. That's how right. it's And again, shout out to uh code what is his code name? The Ball Miz. Yeah. <laughs> who won for the past two years. I guess, you know, he didn't take us up on the offer to host the show with us, but you know, it it's it's out there. So we need people like that who's gonna stick through for the whole season, no giving up. Remember most of the times we drop your lowest uh points total, you know, whatever week is your lowest total. We drop that anyway, so we give you a fair chance to to be human and have a bad week. But um, yeah, you can catch Fred everywhere he just told you. You can also catch archive episodes of Quick Slants at the Hub WarroomSports dot com. Um, but Quick Slants, man, just like a lot of the other shows, are going to be on a whole lot of other platforms. So just look around for it because right now, like I'm not even just saying this. It's too many to name at this particular time. So wherever you do your podcast listening, you listen, uh, you search for Quick Slants, you uh, search for The War Room, you search for Cover 2, and we're bound to be there. So make sure you check that out. Like I said, next episode, Big 12. For all you Big 12 fans out there and just college football fans in general, uh, Fred's going to break down the actual factuals about that Power Five conference as well. So you know what we always tell you at this time, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. Peace. Quick slants. War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.